Welcome to UX Research Geeks, where we geek out with researchers from all around the world on topics they are passionate about. I'm your host, Dina Vitkova, a researcher and a strategist, and this podcast is brought to you by UX Tweet, an all-in-one UX research tool. This is the 20th episode of Geeks. We spoke to Yao, who is a founder and CEO of Research Bookmark, which you probably already know about. And he is going to be a speaker at the UXCon in Vienna, which is a conference happening in September. In this short special, we talked about his lecture, where he's going to focus on careers of UX professionals. So tune in, and I hope you get some advice on your career and growing in the UXR field. Yeah, before we start to yeah. speak about what you are going to speak about in UXCon, yeah. who are you? What do you do? So my name is uh, Yao Adentor. I am a user experience researcher, strategist, designer, an e-learning platform focused on user experience careers. So that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. I'm building this new way of learning and utilizing UX careers as really one of the first experiments to see if the way we learn now is different than what we used to do. How do you pair technology platform and just learning, acquiring skill, being in, in a classroom, natural learning. So that, that's what I'm working on on a day-to-day, and I'll say I'm a user experience researcher, simply. And your talk is named, How to Stay Relevant as a UX Professional and Grow as an Individual. And my first question is, how do you define a UX professional? Are you in your back thinking about researcher or is it broader? <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, great question. I'm thinking about everyone that happens to meddle in UX research, right? And sometimes for us, I wanted to, we sometimes lose kind of sight of how many people are involved in UX in general. You have UX, UI designers, you have product designer, product researchers, UX researchers, same UX writers, information architects, product managers, accessibility, human, you can, all these people can be different. They are, for me, they're all user experience professionals. And part of that, we are, we are a subset of customer experience professionals when it comes out to business. I'm thinking about everyone. If you are involved in adding experience so someone can use something a little better or achieve a better KPI for your business, you are a user experience professional. And then the other part of the name of lecture is staying relevant. Which yeah. I'm really like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's more it's your UX odyssey, your US journey, right? How do you stay balanced, growing as a professional in the field that's rapidly growing? There's so many opportunities and growing as an individual. And I guess it was a bit about both. I wanted to explore, ask questions around people's beliefs, if people include religion in their practice, just questions that are very much we don't talk about in technology. And I wanted to see how that affects a professional on a day-to-day basis. Who's, how are people practicing and keeping up? So, so I'm doing a lot of surveys. I'm learning a lot. I'm thinking from my own career. I'm looking at the data or research book more where newer researchers and designers are coming into the field. So yeah, that's the other part of just balancing 
in, in this growing field, the journey. And I know we all user research are trying to focus on the individual. Usually it's the user. How did it become your passion to support people in growing? Teaching was always fun or doing sports and coaching. I like talking to people, having conversation and learning something interesting. Just starting conversation is something. Actually, my first job, like my first legal job where I got paid on the government can see everything. <laughs> my first legal job was I was a drive-through person at Taco Bell. So on a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I worked the drive-through eight hours. And there's a clock behind the drive-through where people cannot see, but you're trying to get people at an average time very fast out. And still within those, I think, 70 seconds, I'll still be able to make conversation because the person, you know, is ordering, how you doing today? How's your day? Order. Oh, wow. That's a nice, you just, you have research conversations all of the time. So for me, it was one, the curiosity about people and how it affects business, right? How it affects the way we live, money and so forth. So I studied industrial psychology in college as well, which is the mix mm -hmm. of psychology and business. So it's, it's a theme and growing in, into that became sharing knowledge with people. It was just as simple as that. Oh, wow. Look at what I learned. Wow. What if we do this? What happens and so forth. And then you start teaching all of a sudden. And I've been teaching at the university, Maryland Institute College of Arts for about four years now, teaching UX research and prototyping, being on both sides as well. It's that's how I got into the whole helping people teaching thing was just, it was just, I, you want to share. So you become a teacher. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> and what do you want to share at UXCon with people? Oh, so I, as I'm, I have an outline of my presentation in front of me. And what I'm going to touch on are the two archetypes that make a UX professional, maybe in today's field from my perspective. And the US professional defined by work, company, roles, everything. And then the individual that is defined by self, family, history, desire and so forth, right? Those are the two people that you're trying to have grow and balance out. So we're, we'll talk about that, some, just some general learnings that I've gotten from the surveys, from talking to UX professionals, and then looking at what does a roadmap look like to achieve that, right? I wanna ask that question as well, when people are giving advice, mentors and so forth, capturing those advices And I'm doing a, an analysis of them to understand where do they apply most. So defining work and life, the roadmap looks like you define work-life harmony, not work-life balance. You define work-life harmony, then these two factors are not mutually exclusive. So you cannot, you can't really balance them out. There are times where one takes over from what I'm seeing and then The pandemic really changed also the way we do a lot of work, business, meeting people and so forth. You cannot forget that. Two, the pursuit of some kind of like tangent feel, like either you play music outside of work, you spend time with your family, you, you, that kind of, you need that as well. And then third becomes also about you. Are you satisfied? You Are you settled? as well. So I wanted to share those two archetypes and then a general roadmap on how to build your own, your own grow 
and grow as an individual and a professional. When I hear the roadmap, that's super interesting because we look at careers as something linear. But when I hear also the word harmony, I think you are thinking already about it a little bit more holistically. And it's probably not linear. What kind of advices could you share with us when it comes to the roadmap? I think, so another thing I looked at is I started looking at how do careers become a thing? Because work very much is being affected by you coming up with new things, learning, we're a small field, growing, making a name. It's this whole thing on work-life balance tends to take a hit, I think, on people. I recently ran a survey on how people felt going back into the work week or how they were feeling and stuff. And a large percentage of it was just feeling tired and burnt out. So I don't know if it's a time of the year. And the other percentage was, I feel okay. What is happening? I'm looking deeper at what is happening that are making people feel like this. Do we, what is a balance here on achieving work, being really good at your work, but yet having ways for that to flex, right? Is a business worth even built for us to do that? And then the other piece here that's coming out is this idea of like creative functionalism that I'm talking about. It's okay. You maybe you do love UX and a lot of people do, but that's your work. That's your day to day work. It seemed like. Pairing it with something creative outside of the work, whether again, it was with yourself, your family tend to help balance out our need to also be in control. Flex has a lot of soft power at work. We don't have any hard power. So being creative outside of the field of building something, stretching out the, your work into other creative ideas. It's also a good idea. When anybody asks me about my inspiration, I'm always like, it's not in research. It's not in UX or very barely. Yeah. It's like in, sometimes it's Netflix, sometimes it's in a book. Yeah. I'm really curious and also a little bit skeptical. Back in the days when I started and I'm self-learner, there weren't really schools. There were not just growing now in middle Europe and there weren't really mentors. Now it's a Boom, like every, I have an idea that like in LinkedIn, every second person is a UX research or UX professional coach. And yeah. I'm, yeah, skeptical. What would be your advice if somebody's looking for a mentor? Because it's important to have a mentor. Yeah. I mean, my, I think mentors come naturally as well as pursuing them. LinkedIn is more, I had LinkedIn, just, I had LinkedIn when I was in high school. Oh, okay. <laughs> Right. I linked it in like early, mid 2000, and it wasn't quite the same. It was like, if you're doing a project and you wanted to reach someone that's working in the field, you can reach them, do an interview, but it, it's just changed a lot. So a lot of people are finding more ways to help. And that's coming out in forms of coach. It's these people want to share knowledge and I will relate it back to research boom market bit, right? So for me, instead of doing that, like doing the coaching, the mentoring, maybe making money up for that, I saw that a lot more people can self-educate with research bookmark and you can have a constant flow of learning that you choose learning, learning. We know that when you choose learning, it sticks more. Mm -hmm. so 
that, that you choose to educate. And then if you are in the field, it's harder to come across a mentor. Like UX is young, but there's a lot of people that are open to helping people that have like organization podcasts. It's just people sharing knowledge. So you're bound to come across a mentor and that must fit with you. There's no need to force mentorship necessarily. And I know it's right now is because people are looking for work as well. So if I get a mentor, maybe you'll teach me the secret thing to get work. It'll come. Yeah. And from the other side, how does one become a good mentor in your opinion? Well, one of the things that really generated research bookmark was because I was mentoring at USPA. This must have been, I don't know, 2017, 2018, just to be one of those mentors, you stick with the person until the fall. Um, and I did it a couple of times and I had this mentees and a recurring, and I noticed this in class as well. The recurring theme was like the class that I learned a lot about, I was very much immersing UX information. And then for my mentees and so forth, they're asking for resources. Oh, where do I find this? There's no way over a one hour call, you can teach this person how to do something that is, it's your environment is so dependent, right? You go to work, you want to start your research. Yes, you do a, a research plan, but maybe here it's not quite a research plan. It's like a document that is a little different just to try to, just to get the research going. You can't really teach that on that kind of level. So we're looking at how do you, how do you become a good mentor? One, you need to have the resources available to create this learning curriculum for your students, because you are not going to be able to, on a day-to-day, -day, teach them what's going on at work. You meet once a week, one hour, that's good mentorship. That's once a week. That means the person has a hundred and something hours to learn. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you should, as a mentor, empower yourself with a tool like Research Bookmark, with databases, journals, right? Give the person ability to really scale. I think that's one. And two, be truthful. Be truthful in what's going on in the industry, how to handle different situations at work. My the mentor mentors that I have are great. I can go to them with anything it's essentially and get a lot out of this. So you need to find a person that meshes with your personality and then that has the way to give you resources, surf learning and co-learning to make that happen. That's what I would say. Those two things will make a good mentor. Thank you for sharing with us. I'm really looking forward to your talk at UXCon Vienna, which is happening on the 13th and 14th September, and it's also yes. online. Yes. You will be, I think, speaking on the 14th, might change, because, yeah, that's the nature of a conference being in preparation. Yeah. But last maybe thing is, where can people follow you? Yeah, LinkedIn is a group of to get in direct contact with me. But if you really want, I don't write a big poster, of different things the, where I put that energy is in research bookmarks. So if you are learning, you are generating insights, you're getting more growing in your career or entering the UX field, go on researchbookmark.com, do the live mini courses. We have two or three live classes every week. We are constantly adding and refreshing our resource. We have the world's largest web search in UX, so you can learn anything you want without being disturbed by ads as well. So arm yourself with knowledge uh, that is going to matter. It, it, this is the millennium of the creative and you want to arm yourself with operational knowledge because with the AI, what we're seeing is user mm -hmm. experience is going to become more and more important. Everything else being equal, what makes company A different than company B? User experience. 
So we're, we're betting on a, a lot of, we need a lot more people to get in the field and generate more, more knowledge and more, more great KPI for companies. Yeah. Let yeah. me sign that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to UX Research Geeks. If you like this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends, leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, and subscribe to stay updated when a new episode comes out. This podcast was brought to you by UX Tweak, an all-in-one UX research tool. Thank you.